Welcome to week nine of the McShane and Rucker show here on VIC radio alongside Oliver Rucker. I'm Jack McShane. Now in NBA free agency, the Hawks and the Hornets are reshaping their roster. Potential number one overall pick in next year's draft, Cade Cunningham, shined in his college debut. But we're going to start with some news coming out of the soccer world just yesterday. Where Argentina soccer legend Diego Maradona died at a, the young age of 60 due to a heart failure um, that he's been suffering over the last couple of years. Now, Maradona's a legend in the world of, of sport, let alone soccer. And he is probably best known for his, his goal that he scored against England in the 1986 World Cup. Hand of uh, God goal. The hand of God goal. Yeah. And what happened was is the goalie for England like went to punch the ball into the net or tr- sorry, tried to clear the ball. And then <laughs> Maradona just hit it with his hand and there was no VAR at the time uh, because the referee just didn't see the foul. So it just, the goal counted. And then later in that game, he scored one of the best goals in history after weaving his way past seven English defenders and, you know, really made a name for himself in the, in the world of soccer, but yeah, yeah rest in peace at Diego Maradona. I mean, he died. Uh, really young but yeah I mean and you know I'm not a big soccer fan but this is definitely this is a big deal you know he's uh, a ab- like he's absolutely a legend you know everybody knows who he is Um, it's sad it's really sad you don't ever want to see this happen especially when you're young when he's he's a young guy still we're too young to die at least it's um it's very sad yeah adding to the how tough 2020 has been it's definitely you know a lot of legends have passed away this year so it's definitely been tough but we are going to move on to talk about nba free agency which is still going on and there are teams that are reshaping their rosters and one of those teams is the atlanta hawks now they're definitely dishing out the money this offseason uh, given a three-year 61 million dollar deal to danilo gallinari and a four-year 72 million dollar deal to bogdan bogdanovich who was formerly from the kings now he was a restricted free agent but the kings decided not to match the offer so now he will be a member of the Atlanta Hawks and the Hawks are really building a solid team around Trey young, maybe slightly overpaying for their players, but it's definitely looking like a better roster than they had last year. Jack, do you, I mean, they're probably going to, the, the starting lineup is probably going to be Trey young and um, John Collins, Clint Capella, who they got from Houston last year. He'll, mm-hmm. he'll start at center. And then uh, Bogdanovich and probably, I guess, Cam Reddish, because they said that, Gallinari is going to be John Collins backup at least to start. Jack, do you think that they're a playoff team now? In the East, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's if you just look at their roster, I think honestly, like if they didn't really make that many big signings this year, I think they would have had a chance. I mean, Trey Young is a superstar. I mean, he yeah. showed that last year. I think the Gallinari <laughs> signing is a little in the Gallinari signing is a little interesting because I mean, they're paying him 20 million to come off the bench. And, you know, that could change depending on how John Collins, John Collins plays, but it seems a little bit, I don't want to say desperate, but I don't know. I mean, Gallinari is I mean, good last year, but yeah, I think, I don't think it's desperate. I think it's a good signing. I like, I like Gallo. I think he was, he was drafted by the Knicks. I think that, I think it's a good signing. I think he, obviously he's going to come off the bench. So obviously he provides some sort of depth for the, for the Hawks. You know, he's a veteran and they're, a, they're a young Hawks team. Um, and I think, and not to be lost too, another veteran is that they signed is Rajon Rondo. 
Yeah, just won a championship. Good leader. Yeah, just won a championship. Had one of the better postseasons in recent history. So, and he, and you know, he's another. He's an old point guard to try and to be uh, to back up and a young point guard, Trey Young. He can mentor him a little bit. I'm sure I that can't hurt. You know, um, I really like what the Hawks are doing, and I agree with you. I think that they're a playoff team in a weak er uh, Eastern Conference. I don't think that they're, you know, the number one seed by any stretch of the imagination, but I think that they can definitely get six, seven, or eight seed, you know. And there's also going to be that the play in tournament this year, too. Yeah. So more teams involved. Yeah. So it's going to be 10, right? There, it's going to be like yeah. the eight seed, eight seed and 10 seed are going to play. And then the, um, uh, not eight seed and 10 seed, the seven seed. Help me out here. The seventh seed and 10th seed. Yeah. Ninth. Yeah. That's right. Yep. You got it. Um, but one of the things that the GM of the Hawks, Travis uh, Schlenk, said was that his biggest area of focus in free agency was adding shooting and quality depth. And I think they accomplished that. You know, they yeah. had the cap space, unlike many other teams in the league. Mm-hmm. So for them to overpay, I guess, is semi justified in this kind of, in this sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as we mentioned, I know we were introducing this topic, you know, Bogdanovich is a good signing. I mean, he's 28. Uh, he was really good for the Kings, you know, mm-hmm. last year. I mean, he had that little issue with that sign and trade because he was supposed to go to Milwaukee. And then there was a little bit of a tampering issue there because it happened kind of before free agency, but he ends up on the Hawks and, you know, that's how you're going to have to get these restricted free agents because you have to overpay for these guys because if you don't, then the team that had them is just going to, sure. I'll take that offer and just re-sign them. And the Kings didn't want to do that. They wanted to maintain caps, yeah. maintain cap flexibility because the Kings had drafted Tyrese Halliburton at number yeah. 12 in the draft last week. So they didn't really feel like there was a need to keep Bogdanovich, but that's another guy that they could add to their lineup. And um, yeah, I think they could definitely make a playoff push. It's a good team. Not a lot of defense though. So that might be the issue. Well, quickly speaking about the Kings though, I think the Kings are also, in a really good spot, even though they didn't retain Bogdanovich. Yeah, they just they just signed Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, they just signed Hassan Whiteside. They, they who they originally drafted, right? Yeah. And they signed. Um, well, they Aaron re-signed De'Aaron Fox to a max deal, right? Yeah. Something five years or something. Yeah, max deal. Yeah, and I think him and Tyrese Halliburton are going to be a really dynamic young duo for a long time. I'm assuming that Halliburton is what they say he's going to be. Um, so I think they're going to be good. I don't think they lose that much from losing Bogdan Bogdanovich, who's not to be confused with Bojan Bogdanovich of the Jazz. Too many Bogdanoviches in the NBA. Anyway, but, um, but uh, yeah. and then someone else uh, that I think has benefited a lot from free agency is Gordon Hayward. Yeah, uh, Gordon Hayward. Um, he saw, well, there were talks that of whether or not he was going to pick up his $34 million player option from the Celtics and he ended up declining it. And then people were thinking, Oh, well then he must have some multi-year offer. And And the couple of teams that were being mentioned were the Knicks, the Pacers, and not really Charlotte, but you know, the Pacers, you know, it's where he's from and where he went to college. And there were talks that they were trying to find a sign and trade, but the Celtics and Pacers couldn't come up with a deal. So then, here comes Michael Jordan swoops in and signs Hayward for four years, 120 million, which is a massive overpay. But 
and I don't blame the Knicks for not wanting to pay that kind well, of money for Gordon Hayward. <laughs> yeah. You know? and, and then the Celtics are still trying to get something for him. They're trying to get some sort of a sign and trade um, with the Hornets for Gordon Hayward because uh, they are, because the Hornets are trying to find a spot for Nick Batum's $27 million contract. And that's yeah. where the Knicks come in where they might be able to take on the cap, but then the Hornets might have to give them a draft pick for it. So it's a little bit of a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think that Gordon Hayward will end up getting moved or do you think he's going to be, he'll be on the Hornets? Oh, he'll be on the Hornets. It's just I, a matter of how much the Hornets might give to another team to help them with the salary cap or, you know, in the Knicks case, maybe get an asset. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that um, Gordon Hayward will definitely be on the Hornets for sure. Because mm-hmm. like the but the, here's the thing like the Hornets are just notoriously known for overpaying their players. I mean, you look at Batum, the fact that he's making twenty seven million dollars this year is absurd. Yeah, and they have guys like Cody Zeller making a lot of money, Terry Rozier making a lot of money. So it's just overpay after overpay. And then they didn't want to pay Kemba. So it's I know it's, it's weird. a weird situation down there in Charlotte. It's yeah, and I'm 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 very curious about LaMelo Ball in yeah. Charlotte. Do you think a, that was a good a good pick? I do. I think, you know, he was he was taking third overall, right? Some yeah. had him going first overall. I think it was a good pick. I think he's obviously very talented. But um, I've also heard that, you know, there's a little bit of risk involved. His shooting's kind of weird. His, his Or his form's a little weird, similar to Lonzo. Um, but he's a, I, he's a team first guy, which they love. You know, he can... He they he care like his brother. He they care more about the team and their own stats, and I like that. Um, but he he comes with baggage though because now they got to deal with Lavar. I mean, it's it that's kind of what the risk you take, right? Of signing one. Of, uh, I'm sorry, of drafting. You well, know, that's, kind of, that's kind of why I didn't want the Nick. I didn't want him to. I'm glad in a in a sense that the Knicks got the eighth pick because I didn't want to have. I didn't want the Knicks to draft them because I didn't want to have to deal with Lavar <laughs> with Lavar. You know. Yeah. Um, but at least he went to Charlotte so that uh, we, and I know Lamelo shot it down, but the uh, LeVar versus Jordan. Yeah. When is the LeVar Jordan one-on-one happening? I mean, come on. I want that to happen so bad. But, but do you think it benefits Lamelo the fact that he's playing in a smaller market city that maybe he won't get as much attention as if he were to play in a New York? Do you think that makes well, him play better or worse? Well, I think that it's, Lamelo is still going to get attention because he's Lamelo Ball. Right. I think he's going to bring more attention to Charlotte. You know what I'm saying? Rather yeah, than he's not going to get any less attention. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think he was a good pick. I think that he he obviously he's ex- obviously he's excited to play there. I know he he's excited to play with Gordon Hayward. So we'll see. I think I don't know that the Hornets are necessarily a playoff team yet. But it's a weird I, team, right? Like because they have the pieces there. I mean, PJ it almost was, feels like they're going to be living in like this kind of like state of mediocrity for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I think that they have they have good young players, right? Yeah, but I don't think that they're. I think they're just. It's it, the Gordon Hayward signing. It was kind of weird when you think about it like that, right? Because they're not really contending yet, right? I mean, yeah. It's and they paid a lot of money for him, but 
but they have good young players. Like I said, they obviously they drafted Lamelo Ball. They have Miles Bridges, who's good. They drafted yeah, Malik Monk. I mean, it's... yeah, Malik Monk. They drafted Vernon Carey out of uh of Duke, yeah. Duke, yeah. And a couple years ago, he probably would have been a lottery pick, but the game has changed so much, you know. But, but do you uh, think Lamelo Ball was needed? Like, couldn't they have gone a different position, or do you, or was it kind of like, oh, we'll just take the best player available at three? I think that's yeah, that's what it was. Because, well, and remember too, Devontae Graham was great last year. Yeah. He had a he had a breakout season. I think he should have won most improved. Yeah, I agree, actually. Um, so I'm and I guess I don't do you think Lamella will start over him or will they move Devontae Graham to the two? Could play them together. Like yeah. move one to the two. Um but yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean, the Hornets have a lot of young PJ Washington. The young pieces, yeah. But yeah. is that a playoff team in the East? Honestly, it might be. It might be. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because in the East, like you think, like how many guaranteed playoff spots are there? Maybe five. Maybe so. The Hawks, the Heat, uh, not the Hawks, the um, the the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks, Celtics, Heat, Celtics, uh, Raptors, Raptors, and that's kind of it. Sixers. Yeah. So that's like five. five. Yeah, five. And then I guess you, I guess you could throw on the Hawks. I think they're a playoff team. But then you still, uh, you know. So I don't know. It, it's interesting. It's not as strong as the Western Conference. So I think they have a chance. I think every team honestly has a chance in the Eastern Conference, except maybe the Knicks. But <laughs> I. Oh, and I forgot Brooklyn. They're a weird team and Brooklyn. Yeah, because isn't KD going to come back? Well, we don't. Yeah. Oh, how do we forget Brooklyn? I mean, they might win the East. Yeah, and we don't really know though what KD's going to bring, but I can't imagine he's going to be terrible. No, no. I mean, I don't think he'll ever be back to what he was because yeah. I mean with these Achilles injuries like I don't know if he'll ever get back to 100% but yeah. it, it's, it's Kevin Durant I mean like he'll be back 80% Kevin Durant is still one of the best better players than, in the league better than most most people yeah and well speaking of and Clay Thompson just had his Achilles surgery he's a yeah which is tough recovery but you never know yeah because that Warriors team it's interesting like I wonder what if their draft plans would have changed if they found out about the Clay Thompson um, injury before they drafted James Wiseman. Yeah. Like maybe they would have went LaMelo. Like maybe, but I don't, who cares for the hypotheticals because it already happened. So James Wiseman's on the Warriors, which is a great pick. I think the Warriors will be good again. Honestly, I think they're they're definitely a playoff team again, even without Clay. Yeah, they just took the year off last year, got a high pick, mm-hmm. and now they're. I think they. My, that West is so deep. They probably won't win it all, but they could win a playoff series or two for yeah. sure, even without Clay. They can definitely make a run for sure because they got Ubre. Um, they did get Ubre. That's right from the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, the Thunder are pretty much doing a trade with every team in the league at this point, it seems, and getting every team's future first and second round picks. Um, speaking of, I want to move on to Cade Cunningham. Yeah. Who made his college debut with Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Go Pokes. Um, the, he, they, uh, they, they beat uh, UTA, University of Texas, Arlington, 75 to 68 yesterday. Um. Uh, Cade Cunningham, I think, had 19 points. Is that right? 
He had 21 points, 10 rebounds. Points, 10 rebounds, double-double. Um, he looked really good. And he's the projected over one, number one overall pick. And the Knicks never get the number one overall pick, but we're hoping that this year they do. Um, I think it'd be great if they can get Cade Cunningham and add to their already young core um, of R.J. Barrett, Obi Toppin, Mitch, Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Frank, and what, what have you. Um, but I've also, you know, this is also, they're projecting one of the deepest, the upcoming draft 2021, one of the deepest drafts in history. Yeah. You also have Jalen Green, who decided to go to the G, to the G League before going to the NBA. He's projected number two overall. Um, he's been compared to Kobe Bryant, which, you know. That's a pretty good comparison, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes. Jalen Johnson um from duke he's another uh jonathan kaminga yep zaire williams zaire williams from stanford there's probably be a top five pick zaire there's a ton but um right now kate cunningham is definitely the projected number one overall and i think he showed it yesterday well the knicks have been looking for that point guard for a decade like they're starting who is going to be that point guard and they have a ton of the roster now and you know nilakina and dennis smith are both entering the final years of their contract. And if they're not, I mean, I feel like this is Nilakina's last chance. Obviously. They're on the hot seat. They're absolutely on the hot seat, especially with a guy like Cade Cunningham coming and they up. Should, yeah. And they should be motivated to play well. Yeah. It's kind of like Sam Darnold right now. You know, when he comes back, he needs to start winning games or else, unfortunately, they're going to want to draft Trevor Lawrence. Because it's, it's like a, like, again, like, like you want these guys to play well. Like Nilakina, Dennis Smith, some of the and some of the other players, obviously the young guys that they already have, RJ and mm-hmm. Obi Top and Mitchell Robinson too. Is that like you want them to play well and win games, but then like some Nick fans are like, well, but don't win too many games because I know you want to have a chance at one of these top guys in the draft next year. So it's, yeah. it's like a tough balance. I'm from the schools like just, I, I want to watch. I want to see my team win. You know, yeah. obviously that there is some sort of benefit to losing and that you get a higher draft pick but not in the nba as much as the nfl you know because it's the lottery it doesn't go by record necessarily yeah and then with the knicks luck i mean they'll end up with the eighth or ninth pick no matter what their record is every year you know i want i just want i want them to go out and play their hardest if they win awesome if they don't it's fine you know it's but i want i'm i'm rooting for them to win every time i'm never rooting for a tank but um they're not projected to be good and Cade Cunningham looks really good. You know? Yeah, and I think I, – I hope, at least, that maybe without the fans being in the garden, it might take just the slightest bit of pressure off some of these guys in the Knicks already to have them play a little bit better. I mean, I know the media will still be in their face all the time, but I know, like – I mean, playing in New York is it's, – it's very tough. I mean, ask anybody that's ever played there. You know, yeah, I mean, having to deal with all that drama and and now some of these young guys who are you know put in the spotlight like it's it's tough it's yeah but you're tough. just because there's no fans you're still gonna feel the pressure especially if you're not winning you know but and that's especially now with the knicks and they haven't won for a while you know knicks fans we want a winner so the more and more you lose the more pressure is on you regardless of whether or not there's fans in the stadium yeah, i mean they haven't made the playoffs i think it's since 2012 but yeah and I think that I thought it was, yeah. Well, the 2012-2013 season, yeah. Um, um, 
but yeah, there's there is there's more and more pressure every year. But then, but like, wouldn't fans like at the same time be like, oh yeah, like we could just lose like every game this season and get another pick, like another good pick and a really deep draft. Um, but there's got there's there's just got to be some because you don't want them. The worst case scenario, I think, and maybe I'm wrong because I guess would be for them to like finish like ninth or tenth and then miss out on like the playoffs. Yeah. And would still have like not such a great pick and you know not have the playoff experience for some of these guys. Like I, I think that would be the worst case scenario. It's either like especially with the way the NBA the NBA is now, like you're either all in or you're all out. Mm-hmm. Like if you live in that middle ground where some of these teams have been like over the last couple of years, like yeah. even look at like Houston or or I guess like we just mentioned Charlotte before, like some of these teams that like are kind of in that good, well, I guess it's not Charlotte, but good, but never going to win a championship. That purgatory kind of, you know, the Pacers are kind of like that too. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're, they're, right. Well, they'll be in the playoffs every year, but they'll never win. Yeah. And that's not going to, it's not really going to be any good because you're not going to, you're not really getting better, but you're not, there's, it's, it's, a, it's weird. It's definitely very, it's very strange. Because it feels like in the NBA compared to like some other leagues, like it's very top heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, where like a lot of the, I mean, when you think of like who's going to win the championship, like when you realistically predict who's going to win, you probably think of maybe four, maybe five teams that have a shot. And then everybody else is like, yeah, they can win a series, but they'll never win a title. Like it's not as, there's not as much, um, what's the word, parity, I guess, compared to some of these other leagues where I don't even the NFL especially with the playoffs only being one game, mm-hmm. if you get in, any, anybody really has a shot. Yeah. So. Yeah. But not, but it's also, to, 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 it's, it, basketball is different than football and baseball. You know, if the, in baseball, the Orioles can beat the Dodgers if you play 10 games in a row, you know, but I don't know that the Knicks can beat the Lakers. The Lakers in the same in the same sense you know so like you said there are these teams that yeah they're good enough to get to the playoffs but what are they going to do then but then that doesn't help them for the future and then they're kind of stuck in that middle ground and it's um i don't know it's it's weird it's interesting there it's it's an interesting and it's it's because of the of the way that the draft is and the way that the playoffs are i don't know it's interesting well, a lot of these teams, um, like you mentioned with Indiana, that are kind of in a smaller market, they rely on the draft because yeah. you're not going to get well, a LeBron yeah. James LeBron. or a Anthony Davis going to some random city, you know? So they got to really rely on unless draft they're drafted. Well develop. Unless they're drafted, you know, like New Orleans drafted Anthony Davis. Yeah, but they never did anything with him. That, I know, but I'm saying that that's that's kind of the only way you get players like that to go to those cities, like you said, you know. No, and, but they were really bad because they had to get the number one pick. Exactly. So like that's that's yeah, like that's it's just a tough. It's tough because like, how do you sell to the? I don't even know like how you sell to your own fans to be like, listen, like we're not going to win a title this year, but we also don't want to be like 500, like mediocre, like, but you. I don't know. It's, 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 it's a very, very like tough situation, yeah. but I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. I want to yeah. move on for a second though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we'll, 
let's talk about these uh, these Pro Bowl votes that have come out just this past couple of days. And two rookie draft picks for the Jets are leading the AFC in Pro Bowl votes. The first they haven't won a game. First round pick in the last round pick, Makai Becton, uh, offensive lineman, who's mm-hmm. leading. Uh, and Braden Mann, the punter, is leading all punters in, in voting, which is awesome. You know, they've both been great. We, Do you think, honestly, like this is a, not Braden even... Mann every, al- almost every play, almost every series, you know? But, yeah, I mean, and on a team like the Jets, you need to have a good punter, at least because – so you have some shot. At least give us you know, something to watch. They're going to punt all the time. And what I like about Braden Mann, though, is I feel like he's not just a punter. I really feel like he's like a football player. You know what I mean? Like, with, remember those the two open field tackles he made? Yeah, saving those touchdowns. Awesome. You should put him. You know, he should replace Jamal Adams. Yeah, stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, Beckton is actually. I believe he's ranked as the. He's in the top thirty on the Pro Football Focus for offensive tackles, mm-hmm. um, and he honestly, he probably won't win Rookie of the Year, but. Um, he's going to get some votes. Yeah, and I think I think he'll be in the Pro Bowl. I really do. Now, does he deserve to have the most votes out of any offensive tackle in the AFC? Probably not. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's the only one that seemed to ju- to get Joey votes to do whatever he wanted. Also, like, the fact of him being, like, this big guy and, like, a lot of people know who he is, like, definitely helped him out. He makes other offensive linemen look tiny. Yeah. And- it's insane. He if is. He stays healthy. Oh boy. He's gonna. I know. I'm so excited about him. I mean, oh, Oof. like if oh. he stays healthy, like that's your left tackle for yeah. ten years. I mean, he, like you saw what he did about to Joey Bosa last Sunday, right? Yeah, I mean, he's pancake he blocking some of these guys. He's like like a puppet. He just made him do it every. And Joey Bosa is one of the better um, uh, rushers in the game. Yeah, exactly. I mean, holy moly. And as for um, Braden Mann, he leads all punters in yards with 2,239 punt yards. Yeah. And now while – Now that does have to do with the – With the fact that he's on the field almost every play. Exactly. Um, but still, it's something to be said. But what he – he's only had three touchbacks on 50 punts. And he also leads, as you just mentioned – all NFL special teamers in tackles and he was, and he was doing that in college mm-hmm. and it's carried over now to the NFL. Yeah. Um, I really yeah. liked the. I thought that the, and, and not obviously these two are the bright spots, but I thought the entire jets draft was actually good. You know, we haven't seen a lot of Cameron Clark, any of Cameron Clark, cause he's been hurt, but everybody else and Jabari Zanika, he's always been hurt. Also, Mims has shown some promise. But yeah, Denzel Denzel Mims has been really good in the last couple weeks. Um, he's gotten to play. I love uh, that pick when they first got him. I, I'm sorry when they first um, when they picked him because he dropped a lot in the draft. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, is he actually going to follow the Jets? And he did. And I think you know, obviously injuries have been tough, but he's he's looked good. Bryce Hall got a chance to play. Yeah. He looked last week. Um, I think. Um, Ashton Davis is going to be really good. I'm, 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 I'm very, I'm very happy with the Jets' young guys and um, the future. But can we Although just talk it, about one of those young guys that I, obviously, it's sad now that he's on IR. But like, Michael Pirine didn't oh, yeah. get a chance. Like they just kept playing Frank Gore over him. And 
and we've said this before, I'm not, I love Frank Gore. I'm a big fan of his, but. But not on this team. Right. Uh, you need to give Michael Pirine some sort of, you can't give him the ball once every five touches. It has to be, he has to have consistent playing time in order for him to be, have any chance. You know, he's on the, he's on the IR, you said, with a high ankle sprain now. Yeah, now. But yeah, he needed, he, he looked good last week. Yeah, in, but in, it, in limited action. But Gase was saying, you know, like, oh, he's going to be the lead back. And then he somehow, like, during the game, will just find a way for Gore to get more touches. Like, I don't and, understand. But I knew, like, when he said that, I thought to himself, yeah, he should, look, he said he should be the lead back. That's the keeper. He's not going to be. Well, Gase should not be the coach of the Jets next year. Did you see what what he said? To, I think it was like Rich Samini about the uh, about D- Dal Loggins. He was like, "Who's calling the plays? You or Dal Loggins?" Dal Loggins is the offensive coordinator, and he was like, "Well, Dal is, but he's telling me the plays, and then I'm just relaying it to Sam Darnold." That's so weird. He just why? needs to feel that he has some sense of power. That's so weird. It's like why? Why do you need a messenger? Just, just... have your offensive lineman tell the offensive like tell the quarterback what he the play that doesn't make any sense i mean sometimes sometimes i'm just embarrassed to be a fan of this team like i just think i like you said i think he needs to feel like he has some sort of power and like but what that means is that he's like he doesn't actually really trust dal Loggins. he's like well if i don't like this play i'm just gonna change it it's like well then you just call the plays man i don't want him to but it's like it's it's so weird yeah well hopefully uh we won't have to worry about that next year when gase is not the coach, but we are out of time. Um, that will do it for us on this week's episode of the McShane and Rucker show. Of course we have to end on that, on that note. Uh, but yeah, remember to tune in every Saturday morning, nine to nine 30 right here on VIC radio. And if you miss it, you can find us on Spotify or anchor starting at noon. Uh, hope everybody has a good or had a good Thanksgiving and a rest of your weekend. Rest in peace, Diego Maradona. Tune in next week. We will be back.